Well, good afternoon and thank you for joining me again for Business, the Law and You. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we'll have a look at one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This particular one is three tips to stay focused at work. We're also going to have our chat with Christina. We're going to have another look at the Hunter Innovation Festival and, and another week of it next week. But right now, we're going to have a chat with Craig McGregor from Hunter Recruitment Group. Good afternoon, Craig. Hey, Julian, how are you going today? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for jumping in today. So, uh, yeah, no stress. Cover letters, cover letters are very important to the uh, recruitment process, aren't they? Let's uh, let's have a look at a few tips for cover, cover, uh, covering letters. Yeah, you're right. Look, and as a recruiter, I, I think I, I value them, if not more important, but uh, as equal as, as the resume. Because you know, when we're looking to hire staff, we're looking at, at skill fit, obviously, as a major component. But we're also looking for... Yeah, motivation, value, and personality fit. And I think sometimes that's hard to communicate on your resume. That's where the cover letter plays a really key and important role. So so what sort of important points should people put at in the covering letter? Yeah, look, the, the formula that I usually espouse to people is you know, that first paragraph, let's let's make it all about the target. Who are we chasing? So if, you, if you're going at Company X as, as, a, as a, a respondent to an ad, Tell them, why do you want to work for Company X? Why is the, their values or their, their business a good fit for you? What's your motivation? You know, what's driving you to work in that sector or for that individual business? And then the, the next part that I would usually say to people is have a look at the key criteria. So the job ad's going to have five, six, whatever that number is of key dot points around skills. Address those skills. Tell the um, recruiter or the hiring manager how you can fit those skills for that individual role. And then finally, I'd put down that communication piece, you know, that thank you for allowing me to apply and, and here's my contact details uh, should you have any questions about my application. So, so the, the, the opening paragraph is, is really uh, why you should hire me. Would you, would you go that far in a letter and say, you know, I'm, a, I'm an ideal candidate for this? Yeah, I think so. I think what most people forget in the recruitment process is that it is that word that you just use is sales. It's a sales process, mm. and you've got to sell yourself effectively. And I think what most people get wrong in that process is they talk about themselves when really what's critical is what the the other person is looking for. So understanding and getting knowledge about what is the true reason for this role being advertised, what is the pain that the organisation or the individual is feeling, how do I address that pain? So it might be that they're looking for someone in a, a business development capacity to, to grow their business. Well, great, that motivation piece is how much you love generating sales and, and getting out there and networking and, mm. and building a business, you know, because that's really what they're looking for. So really trying to solve their problem, I think, is critical. And in that second paragraph, third paragraph, where you're addressing the requirements in the job app, really you're, you're re- revamping bits of your resume, aren't you? Correct, correct. And you're really drilling into the skills. So finding out what are those critical skills. So, you know, for example, in a bookkeeping role, it might be that you've got um, MYOB or zero experience. Tell them in that, that, that section that you've got, you know, five years of zero experience up until reconciliation phase or um, BAS phase or something like that, that that tells them exactly what they're looking for to sell you most effectively. And the other critical part about this is we've talked about this in the past, is those key words with technology today. Most people's resumes and cover letters are being washed through a recruitment uh, IT system. And if you've got the critical key words that they're looking for multiple times within your cover letter and resume, then you're going to be higher on the rankings 
in terms of reviewing the, the candidates. In the uh, the job interview, people will often ask for examples of where you've displayed that particular quality. Yeah. Is that something you would also put in your in your cover letter? The experience, the examples of experience. Yeah, I think that those things sell you better than just saying. So, to give you an example, Julian, you could say, "I've got great MYOB experience." Mm. Well, that doesn't really tell me anything, except that you've said the the key word that I'm looking for. But if you use the language that they're looking for, so like I just did, I can reconcile accounts in MYOB or I'm um, very efficient at accounts payable processing within MYOB or I've delivered um, accounts receivable for a budget of $2 million. It just adds weight to the sales process of, of what you've done and adds validity to uh, the what you're looking what the uh, employer is looking for. And uh, we've mentioned it's really a sales process we're going through. Hmm. With with the uh, the little formulas that you use in sales, you always end up with a with a call to action. I, yeah. I usually at the, end, at the end of it say, "I look forward to meeting you soon," or something like that. Is, is yeah, that, is that yep, something exactly? You... And look, one of my little call calls to action, or one of my favourite sayings, is "The fortune's in the follow up." That was one of the sales things that I learned many years ago. And I think if you if you just rely on sending a cover letter and a resume then you may be successful, but your odds of success grow if you follow up with a phone call or an email to say, hi, Julian, I've applied for the job that you've advertised. It's really of interest to me. Just want to know if you've got my um, application through and what's the timing on the processing, something like that. It just, again, adds another layer to your uh, motivation to show this person that you're selling yourself and you may get an interview out of that because really what we want to get out of the cover letter and resume is an interview. So you mentioned earlier that uh, video cover letters are becoming important now. Yeah, yeah. So like if you look at uh, software programs like Seek, um, as an employer, we can tick a box to say, make uh, video cover letters um, applicable and we can make them um, mandatory. So I think that's something that has become a part of recruitment process now, but moving into the future has become more and more the norm. So it's, it's just a, a way to add personality to that cover letter so they can see you, that you can humanise it, you can show a bit of your motivation in your language and your body language, that sort of stuff. So uh, I suppose just something taken on your iPhone, something like that would do the job. You can, absolutely. Technology today, computer, iPhone, anywhere you've got a camera. And uh, just moving off the subject there on into uh, the Maitland uh, Chamber of Commerce. Put my chamber hat on. What, yep. yeah, so, what's happening there? Yeah. We've got a, a great lunch coming up uh, next Thursday, so a week today. It'll be a lunchtime meeting. We're actually going to give small business a bit of a forum around business awards and how to apply, you know, should you apply. We've got a panel of, of um, previous winners of local um, hunter-based businesses. They're going to come on and tell us about their experience through a number of different business awards in our location. Yes, because there's always quite a few, isn't there? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know whether your chamber actually does one, but uh, I know the most no, of the, we, the business we, we, centres do. we just use the Hunter Business Chamber Awards so we would send our, our um, members through. So, yeah. But, yeah, you're right. There's so many in the re- region. Yeah, and, and it does uh, add kudos to your business. Uh, the, the, I think the other advantage of it is it, it gets people uh, actually looking at their business more, you know, working on your business instead of in your business. Yeah, correct. Doing a business plan and, and coming yeah, up with facts and figures, yeah. Yeah, no, good stuff. Sounds good. All right, well, we'll have a chat with you again another time. Excellent. Thanks for having us on. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. See you, mate. Craig McGregor there with uh, cover letters, yeah, and don't just uh, say attached is my resume, do a little bit of a, a sell job.
and you're listening to Business, The Law and You on 2NURFM. Time to pop over and have our weekly chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian, on this chilly-ish day. It's beautiful. The sun is shining in through the studio here. Yeah, it's lovely, lovely, lovely weather. It's not too hot, not too cold, and it's just good enough to get a coat out for. So the Hunter Innovation Festival is well underway. Um, it is indeed. So have we got some feedback so far of some of the things that have happened? We have indeed. Um, there's been some amazing events that have been very well received, very well supported by the community, which is exactly what we want. These people meeting new people, connecting with um, new people in the community that they have not met before, and that's one of the big aims of the festival this year is to, is to connect people in that ecosystem and connect people um, without, from without that system. And, of course, to, it's not just business either, is it? Absolutely not, and that's what I mean. It's, it's this whole connection through community so that community knows what's going on um, and also so that we know how to progress Newcastle forward collectively and together and see what we can all do in our own individual ways um, mm. to improve, you know, to improve life. So we've had some really... Um, there's a really wonderful uh, exhibition in Civic Park. It's the Lunar Light Installation, um, and it's about controlling the different colours, use different um, cues, and I'm not going to say any more than that because it's a really good experience to, to take families, go for walks through Civic Park. Um, there's a whole reason behind why they're lighting up the park, but that's uh, something that you learn through the interactivity of the of the experience that you get mm. with the Lunar Light Installation. Idea Bombing came up with some wonderful um, ideas on the storm cloud about how to future-proof the hunter. Everything from transport was mentioned to urbanisation to smart city to IOT, which is all involved anyway, um, and to just how to um, transport everything. So that people had amazing ideas. We listened to some wonderful guest speakers around that uh, and their ideas around medicine and um, the environment going forward. So that was fantastic. That was the trigger for how do we future-proof the hunter. And, of course, uh, people involved in this uh, are people that can do actions as well, aren't they? They certainly can. Everybody can take action, Julian. Like, from from everything, every aspect of our lives, if there is no action from community, then then it's pointless anyway. So Mm. what we often say that ideas without execution are hallucination. So we can have the best ideas, but if people don't actually act on them um, within their own homes, in the in the greater community and the smaller communities of, of personal houses, there's no point really. Like mm. we can spruik that there's something happening in the environment and that we all need to make changes, but if no one makes change, what's nothing the point? Happens. That's right. Mm. Um, humans versus robots was a really interesting discussion oh, yeah. um, on Tuesday morning. So really, uh, you know, and what really surprised me about that was there was no true negativity that was coming through. Everybody's quite positive about having um, the robots in the future, but as we keep saying on the program as well, technology is there to serve humanity. So how do we best make use of robots to make our lives easier, to free us up to do the things that we really want to do? So that, you know, there's been some amazing events happening, going, uh, going on in the city, great feedback, um, very much hands-on, very much interactive with the audience, which brings me to a couple of the events that are coming up. Oh, yes. So one more week, isn't it? Yeah, so well, we're, yes, we finished um, Friday week. Yeah. Actually, is the is the final um, event. But we've got on this weekend. There's the hackathon on, so we've got some wonderful um, prizes happening. Uh, sponsored by the I2N Hub in Hunter Street, the University of Newcastle. So, so we've what, got a three thousand. What is a hackathon? A hackathon is where we actually put up um, a problem, and the problem at the moment is is disaster resilience. 
So the whole idea is to come up with, um, bring together multidisciplinary minds to explore what solutions could be. How do we identify disasters? How do we mitigate risk? Um, and all that's about future-proofing the hunter. So they picked disaster resilience because um, the concept and the practice of reducing re- re- disaster risks uh, through efforts to analyse and reduce the causal factors of disaster. So whether they're natural disasters, whether they're based in society, um, whether they're severe, whether they're global, whether they're just community-based, how are we going to react to um, to a disaster that happens? And we've had a couple of them. You know, we've had mm-hmm. the earthquake, we've mm-hmm. had the storm here, and mm-hmm. it's not just the you know the physical environmental ones, but what's the effect on society as a whole at the end of the day? So a hackathon says, here's the problem. What's the, come up with a solution? And it, it's very much based on the principles of design thinking, I guess, where you put diverse minds in the in the room. The groups aren't preformed. You can come on the night and join a group um, on the Friday night, which is when the whole thing kicks off. Uh, and there's, you know, prizes for the runner-up. There's a $3,000 cash prize and a three-month residency at I2N um, as the first prize. There's runner-up and rising star award prices. Uh, you come in on a Friday night if you want to be a part of the team. You learn from um, some domain experts as they talk about what the challenges are within that sector, um, go over the logistics, form teams, come up with strategy, uh, and then the next day you start at 7 o'clock in the morning on how do you actually how are you going to solve this problem. If you don't want to be part of a hackathon team, you can come at 5 o'clock that evening, and we do ask you to register if you're going to do that so we can cater for everybody. Um, but you can come and listen to the pitches from the teams uh, of the solutions that they've come up with. So that's that's quite exciting. So you can either be a participant uh, and be involved in the whole hackathon or you can come and have a look at the results of the hackathon. And it's amazing what can actually take place within a short period of time when you know you're on a time frame, but when you've got that diversity um, of thinking in the room. It's just it's quite remarkable what can happen. So this, um, is, this is Friday, Saturday. Yep. Yes, Friday. Yep. So Friday night. Yeah. Um, but go to the go to the uh, to the website hunterinnovationfestival.org. Uh, there's all the details about registration there and the times and, and the program of what's happening with around the hackathon. So that's quite exciting. The other event that I'd um, like to mention is um, Heart Open. And what's happening at that event is we're trying to get um, so creative industries. Everybody's saying that the future of work is around creativity, uh, and what we want to do is have a series of discussions, performances, pitches, some improvisational speed, networking. Um, so basically, really opening hearts, opening minds to what the challenges are, to what um, to where we can actually take the hunter. Uh, while and so while we're doing that, we're actually going to be showcasing the creatives and these bright minds that are um, involved in the whole um, ecosystem of the Hunter Innovation and the Hunter Innovation Festival. So what the the tagline there is getting to the heart of making art and making a living as well, Uh, and just that whole creativity, interactiveness that we need. I mean, if you go to any of the design thinking workshops, um, if you go to any of the design thinking specific schools, particularly Stanford overseas, they always have creatives in the room. Mm. So we'll have the engineer, we'll have the creative, um, because it's that it's that merging of thinking um, and then what that's that the sparks ideas. off. Yeah. In other, that's exactly right, yeah. So very much looking forward to that event, which is next Friday, and I'm pretty sure that's our closing event, actually. Mm, okay. um, and it's a really nice collaboration, again, like the ecosystem in the Hunter, 
So we've got, you know, there's a group called Heart Open. The Lock Up is supporting it. Hunter Young Professionals are supporting it. Ignite Innovation is supporting it. Hunter Writers Centre. So it's this whole collaborative nature which has spread across the whole festival mm. um, to bring people together that may not normally come together. Fantastic. And uh, you're off to Boston next week, so you won't be there anyway. I am indeed, so, but, um, but there's plenty of people that will be there and I will be bringing back the latest and greatest from the Boston Innovation Festival um, the week after. Okay, we look forward to talking to you then. I look forward to talking to you as well. Have, have a great fortnight. Have a safe trip and we'll talk to you when you come back. Thank you and come to the festival. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina there, we're very, very enthusiastic about the uh, Hunter Innovation Festival there and it is great to see uh, community getting together behind some of these ideas and coming up with solutions. And you're listening to Business, The Law and You on 2NURFM. Time for our Harvard Business Review tip. And today, as we said earlier, three tips for staying focused at work. If you don't know this by now, our constant access to data is killing our productivity. Too many of us begin the day by picking up our phones and getting lost in a stream of notification and information. So here are three things you can do to carve out more time for yourself and remain focused and effective at work. Firstly, start your date right. When you wake up, don't roll over and start checking email on your phone. Try a simple mindfulness practice. Take a few deep breaths Make a mental list of the things you're grateful for or meditate for 20 or 30 minutes. Secondly, organise your day. Take advantage of your body's natural rhythms. Focus on complex creative tasks in the morning and push meetings to the afternoon. And then finally, tidy up. A clean work environment leads to a less cluttered mind. Put everything in a drawer. Create folders on your computer desktop to get rid of all those random files. On your phone, keep only the 8 to 12 most important apps on your home screen and turn off unnecessary notifications. So some simple ways there of just simplifying our life and help us to stay focused a little bit more. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at the importance of those cover letters and we've also spoken about the Hunter Innovation Festival. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with us with more of our easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to have another chat with Dr John Woodward, who is an Associate Law Lecturer here at the University. We'll probably talk about mediation with him and we'll have our Minute on Innovation, although it won't be with Christina because she'll be in Boston and we'll have some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for business, the law and you at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Albert Einstein once said, we have to do the best we are capable of. This is our sacred human responsibility. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.